Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to All Shores. We're going to get started with worship, which I know is very out of the ordinary, but so go ahead and stand up as we start. Yeah. 
Let me remind you today that you have authority. It doesn't matter what situation you find yourself in. It doesn't matter what you're facing. In Jesus' name, you have authority over that. And what a wonderful blessing it is to be able to know that and to experience that. Maybe you're here today and you're facing a difficult time and you wonder, man, do I have authority over that? Do I have the ability to conquer that? Do I have the ability to step out and become an overcomer? And I want to tell you this morning, you do because of the name of Jesus. And maybe you're here today and you find yourself in that position. And one of the things that we do as we go to prayer every week is we just take a moment and we pray for each other. And so if you find yourself in that place today, I'd love for you just to take a seat. There may be a few folks who come around you and just lay hands on you. And we do this just to support you, to let you know that we're praying for you, whatever the issue is that you're facing. Let's go to the Lord. Father, man, what a wonderful message today to know that there's nothing that we face in our lives on a daily basis that you, with our assistance, or at least our calling upon your name, God, that we can't overcome. Lord, we're grateful for that. We're grateful for your son, Jesus Christ. We're grateful for the gift of what he brings to our lives. We're grateful for just the experience that we have in a personal relationship with you. And God, I pray for those today who are here, who are specifically in difficult spaces and places, whether they're seated, God, whether they're standing. Lord, would you just intervene in those places and just bring your authority, God, and your love for your comfort. Would you bring peace if that's needed? And Lord, I just pray that over our whole congregation today and anyone who's listening online. Lord, we're grateful just to be in your presence. God, specifically as we do each week, we pray for other churches and other expressions of faith. And God, today we think of Life Church in Grand Haven. We pray your blessing over that congregation. God, I ask that you would move freely, that your will and your way and your hopes and desires for that church, God, would be realized. And then, Lord, specifically for Corey and Jen Ellison, we think of them this morning as they're serving in Mongolia, but we know this week they're in Greece. 
as are many of our staff and a num uh, number of other missionaries. Lord, we continue to pray for protection for Corey and Jen. We pray for multiplied ministry. We pray for God just sustaining grace and love and expression through them. And we just lift them up to you this morning. And then God, for us, as we finish our time this morning, as we get into your word, as we just continue to worship you through diving in today, we just pray again just for changed lives. We pray specifically for spiritual transformation. God, that's what you desire. That's what you hope that you want for our lives. And we continue to grow in faith and in love alongside you and with you. And so God, we pray as a result of the message that you'll be here with us doing that. So, Lord, we just lift all of this up to you this morning. We pray this in the name of Jesus and all of God's people said, amen, amen and amen. Well, you may take a seat. It's so good to have you here this morning. I just want to say a quick welcome. And we just love that you're here in the middle of summer on a warm, humid day. But we're thankful that you're a part of All Shores this morning. We especially want to welcome those of you who might be guests with us this morning. Man, we sure hope that you've already experienced the love of God, that you'll just find yourself at home here. And uh, one of the things we'd love to do is get connected with you. And so we ask anyone who is visiting, just take a moment. You can scan that QR code and you'll find that on the chair back in front of you. That will take you to our connection card. You can fill that out. It just lets us know that you're here. We're not going to bother you other than we'd love to just know that you're here and just give you some information uh, and hopefully find some things that are helpful for you as you're just visiting and a part of who we are. You can also stop at our connection point, which is you walk out of the doors is just left there. We'd love to give you a gift and just again say thanks for being here. I do want to let you know one of the best ways for you to stay updated on all things All Shores is through our social media pages. We post a number of things like Sunday morning content. There's different events coming up. Some of you, if you're on social media, may have even seen a video this week from Pastor Pete. We, uh, our production team did a great job putting together a conglomeration of all of his voices, and it's 28 minutes long. No, it's actually just a couple of minutes, but it's a fun video. Our social media platform, again, at all, in all places, Instagram, Facebook, great spot to be able to find out events and different things that are coming up. So if you haven't friended us on those, we encourage you to do that. And then finally, this is the time in our service when we focus on giving. And we're so grateful for your continued faithfulness in this area. Summer is always kind of a tough time, as you notice. Uh, folks are out and about and doing vacations and things like that. And so, again, we're grateful for that. If you did come prepared to give, you can do that here in person. There are a couple of offering boxes by the doors on your way out. You can place your offering in there. Or you may also do that online. And you can just either get under our web page or you can scan the QR code or get under uh, our website or text the information that you have in front of you on the screens. And again, if you're online, you can do that through our webpage. So thanks for being here next Sunday. Really, really important because you guys will be late if you show up at 11 o'clock. We have our unified service at 10 a.m. next Sunday morning. Take a look at the screens, hear a little bit more about what's coming up next Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. Hey, All Shores family, I want to invite you to our United service. Our United service is a time, we do this a couple times a year, where all of our campuses gather together at one location to, to connect with each other, to worship together, and to have some fun. This year will be next Sunday, July 2nd, at 10 a.m. at our Spring Lake campus. We will all join together and we'll worship together. And if you come, we'll have some special treats for you as well. So mark it on your calendar next Sunday, July 2nd, 
10 a.m. Spring Lake campus all together. Well, hey, good morning. Welcome to All Shores. It is so good to be here with you this morning. Welcome to those of you who are watching online and those of you that may be at one of our other two campuses and, of course, those of you that are right here uh, in Spring Lake this morning. We are kicking off our mid-summer series this morning, and I have to tell you that I am excited to share with you this morning out of the book of uh, Acts. We're going to be in Acts chapter 16 throughout this series, and I am really excited about that. Uh, but before we do that, let's talk a little bit, a little bit about reality here. It is uh, West Michigan in summer, and uh, we know uh, uh, what that means for a lot of us. Um, I will tell you, I'm from uh, God's country, Indiana. Um, <laughs> West Michigan isn't too bad, though, so I, 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 will, uh, I will give you that. Uh, I mean, at least you guys uh, have the, the Red Wings, right? Oh, wait, never mind. No. Um, hey, you have the Lions, though. The Lions are on their way back, right? Okay. So you got something. You got something to look forward to. But we all have summer to look forward to. And uh, I know if you are like me, this is the time of year that I uh, maybe start to check out a little bit. You know, we're in West Michigan. We have a beach right down the road. And, um, and uh, look, I do not want to rain on anybody's summer parade. I, don't, I want you to have as much fun as you can possibly have. Uh, but I do believe, I do believe that there's an opportunity for us this summer above and beyond just enjoying our, our West Michigan summer. There is something very unique about the experience of being a Christ follower that others just simply quite don't get to experience, and that is that there is an unexplainable and an often uh, unexpected joy that exists even when happiness does not. But too often, I think we choose to sacrifice that joy because joy does not come automatically. It requires listening and being in tune with the Spirit. Before we jump in this morning, as we always do, I want to give you an opportunity to ask the Spirit to speak to you because nothing I have to say this morning means anything unless God shows up and unless God speaks. We believe that. And so at this point, if you would just pray and ask God to speak to you today, and then I'll pray for us as we jump into the Word. God, we proclaim this morning that you are the reason we are here. And our presence here is pointless unless you are present, unless you move in and through us today. So we ask for that in your name. Speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. For those of us who are familiar with God and how he works, we know that he often moves in unique ways and doesn't necessarily always follow the presupposed Path That even when we think we know what God is doing, he's doing something bigger. Something bigger or something else that we can't even imagine. 
And oftentimes what that looks like is that doors that we think are obvious to walk through get shut or pathways that we assume are clear for us to move through become blocked. And it's only natural to be frustrated by that. We don't usually celebrate that or, or find joy in it. And if we're being completely honest, we probably don't usually even recognize that often God has a hand in that. I used to think that uh, God's activity in the world was limited. Uh, that, that yes, he loved us enough to create us. He loved us enough to send his son to die for us. But after that, I, I really wasn't all that convinced of what else he did. And what I've come to believe is that God is way more, way more active in the world than I ever imagined. The, the, the kind of the big word that we like to use here, the theological word we like to use here is the word providence, which just simply means God's active presence in the world, his active care for us in the world. And I've come to believe that he is constantly behind the scenes forging new pathways for us, that he is closing doors, he is opening doors, he is making new ways, he is creating new blueprints for us. And doing all of this, not just for the sake of his glory and his objectives to be accomplished, but also for our joy. Yeah, I believe that God is uniquely invested in our joy. That joy isn't just a byproduct. It's not just added value, but that he is particularly interested in lavishing more joy on us. And the more I trust him in these moments the more of that joy I'm exposed to. I was given a unique picture of this a little over a year ago. This is a picture of my family, my wife, Ashley, and our two kids, Maddox, who's uh, five years old now, and uh, Everly, who is almost 16 months. Um, both Maddox and Everly have blessed us with immeasurable amounts of joy. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Everly was born... On March 6th of last year, I will tell you that Everly does not speak actual words just yet, but she has learned the art of screaming. <laughs> so when she wants something, she has learned that even though she cannot communicate the exact words to us, she will look at exactly what she wants, and she'll just go, bah! Bah! And I will admit that at first... Uh, it was very humorous, and it was very cute, and we enjoyed it. But I can confidently tell you, and I can speak for my wife in this as well, I can confidently tell you the joy that we have received from that screaming is, in fact, completely gone. <laughs> Everly was born a few weeks early, and uh, because of that, she had some complications, and she had to uh, get readmitted back to the hospital for a few days, and during this time, they performed every test imaginable, mainly because they wanted to be sure that they knew exactly what was going on and didn't want to miss anything. And even though they were pretty confident that they knew what the issue was, which was basically that she needed a few extra days to, to develop. And, and we, were, we, we were grateful for how thorough they were. One of the uh, tests that they did was an MRI on her brain. And uh, so they came up one night, and they took her down to do this MRI at about 7 o'clock 
in the evening, and they told us that uh, they wouldn't really be able to share anything with us until the doctors were in the next day, and they did their rounds mid-morning, 10, 11 o'clock. So they took her down. They did the, uh, they did the MRI. They brought her back about 8 or 8.30. And, uh, of course, uh, at that point, we didn't really have anything to believe or any reason to believe that there was much of anything wrong. Um, uh, but we, we didn't know. We didn't have the, the test results. Uh, and so uh, they have this new thing now that many of you are probably familiar with. It's called MyChart. Does anyone know what MyChart is? Okay, most of you, okay. So my chart, if you don't know, is basically um, the, the, a way to digitally upload your medical file. So any, any information uh, medically can go, goes right on your my chart, test results, anything like that, it goes right on your my chart, and you can see it instantly because that is the culture we are in, right? Instant, instant information, instant gratification. And of course, my wife cannot wait uh, to see these test results, and so she pops her phone up. Uh, it's 8.30, 9 o'clock at night. Uh, so we, there are no doctors there to consult. We have zero background in reading medical uh, information, either of us. We don't know what we're looking at, but she pulls up the my chart, and sure enough, the results are there. And uh, sure enough, we don't really understand any of it, except for two words, brain hemorrhage. We knew what that was, or at least we thought we knew what it was. And we were uh, terrified. Uh, we were shocked. We, we didn't know how to, um, how to receive that, what it meant. And we weren't going to hear any information about that until the next day at 10 or 11 o'clock in the morning. Pause for a second. We had the greatest team at the hospital. They were absolutely amazing from every doctor to every specialist to every nurse. They were an absolutely amazing team, and I will, I will speak their praises to the, the end of time. We even had a speech therapist who would occasionally come into the room and watch Ev eat uh, just to give us tips on how maybe she could eat uh, a little better. Uh, but she had no problem eating. <laughs> That's how thorough they were. But I'll never forget that morning after the MRI. The speech therapist came into the room long before the doctors made their rounds. We were a wreck, obviously. Uh, we still had no idea uh, what we were facing, and uh, we didn't really sleep well at all that night. And she clearly knew that something was wrong. She very clearly knew that something was wrong, and she stopped what she was doing, and she said something to the effect, something's wrong. Tell me what the matter is. And so we told her. We told her, uh, you know, about the test, the MRI, and we didn't know what to think of it. And it said the word brain hemorrhage, and we don't know what that means, and we're scared. And I'll never forget what she said to us. Keep in mind, she's not a doctor. She's not a, a nurse. She's, uh, she, she can't read. Even if she knows what this means, she can't tell us. But I'll never forget what she said to us. She looks at us, and she said, babies have remarkable neuroplasticity. She said, I've seen babies do some pretty amazing things. When neural pathways are damaged or blocked, the baby's brain has an unexplainable, uncanny ability to create new ones. And I'm telling you, the fear inside of me in that moment dissipated. It was gone. Not because I knew that she was going to be okay. 
but because I suddenly realized that I serve a creator God who is in control and who's been in control from the very beginning, who's constantly forging new paths for me. And I still remember the joy inside of me welling up in that moment, still not knowing the results, still not knowing what we were facing, but being so incredibly grateful that I serve a God who did and a God who is already at work forging a path forward even if it wasn't the path I expected. I left the first service on a cliffhanger unintentionally. <laughs> but our, our, our daughter's doing great. Um, it turned out to be what they told us uh, uh, was that the uh, brain hemorrhage was um, just some 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 bleeding trauma from the birth, and there was no active bleeding. Now, whether or not uh, that was a, uh, a miracle of God who, who did a, a work in our baby, or whether or not it just was a part of it, uh, we're good with either way, and we're still praising God uh, either way. Uh, but we do fully believe that God can do miracles, and we do fully believe that it was very possible that God uh, took care of our little baby. We know God took care of our, our little baby uh, that morning. And this is what I want you to hear. God opens doors. He closes doors. He makes pathways clear, and he clouds others. And sometimes bad things happen in life, and it's not even that God desires for you to endure that, but it is a reality. And we often find ourselves either trudging, trying to trudge down a path that he has closed or not even on the path at all. And I think that most of the time that we do this is because we are trying to avoid pain or discomfort. We are so preoccupied with what we are trying to avoid, and all the while, God is forging new pathways for us. And I think. What you'll find if you pay close enough attention to these pathways that he's forging is that there is far greater peace and assurance in what he's doing than anything we could ever dream up on our own. His plan is what's best for you. And as long as we ignore what God is doing, we sacrifice the joy he intends for us to experience. I want to share this uh, story with you first uh, out of the book of Acts. So we're going to go back a couple, uh, couple chapters here before we jump into Acts 16. This is Acts 13 because I think it sets us up well. And uh, I, I think it's a great example of people completely ignoring what God is doing for them. And, and if I'm being honest, uh, it hits a little bit uh, closer to home than what I would like to admit. And in this story, Paul is with Barnabas. They're in a place called Pisidian Antioch, and they are preaching the gospel there in the synagogue. The Gentiles that are there and some of the Jewish people that are there are just absolutely elated with what they're hearing from Paul and Barnabas. So much so that they ask them to come back next week and share some more good news with them. And so, of course, Paul and Barnabas oblige. They come back next week. Long story short, the Jewish leaders there start to get jealous. They start to get jealous and a little bit nervous 
as they're watching what they think is their power and their control quickly fading, quickly headed down the toilet. Because in some ways it really is. But they don't even see the good news. They don't even see what God is providing for them. All they see is what they are losing. And it doesn't even register to them that God through Christ is carving out a pathway for them that is infinitely more valuable to them than anything they are losing. And when I read this, I thought to myself, they are crazy. What are they doing? And then God taps me on the shoulder. Says, yeah, tell me about it. That's how I feel every time you don't listen to me. Then they get booted right out of the city, and this is how the chapter ends. So they shook the dust from their feet in protest against them and went to Iconium. And the disciples were filled with joy in the Holy Spirit. How is it that they could be filled with joy? How is it that when they're being threatened with violence, when they're being abused, when they're being kicked out of a place for merely sharing good news, that they could be filled with joy in the Holy Spirit? Here's why. Because they were far less concerned about what they didn't want to face. And they were way more concerned with the work that God was doing. So we jump ahead here to Matthew, excuse me, Acts chapter 16. Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. When they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So they passed by Mysia and went down to Troas. So Paul, not asking any questions, not knowing what lies ahead, having no idea where they're headed, just simply receives the spirit's prompting and follows no hesitations. I mean, Paul had a plan. They were going to spend their time preaching in, in Asia, a familiar place that would have been comfortable for them to stay and that, that they knew all too well. And the Spirit of God says, nope. And Paul just simply says, okay, where to then, God? Man, sometimes I wish life were that simple for me. I wish I had that kind of faith to not ask questions when the Spirit prompts. And yet sometimes I find the Spirit tapping me on the shoulder seven, eight, nine, ten times before I realize I am headed down the wrong path. And usually so because I'm fearful of what it might cost. But the question I hardly ever ask is what is it costing me to ignore what God is doing? Here's what I think, and this is going to sound cliche probably because it is, but it is true. And I think so often, even when we say it or hear it, we never really process what it means. How often do we sacrifice the joy of a life in the center of God's will for a life that is a constant uphill battle in search of happiness? 
I mean, how easy would it have been for Paul to say, we're going to go into the province of Asia anyway. We're going to go into Bithynia anyway because that's what we know. That's where we're comfortable. And that's where we think we will be the happiest. Sometimes I think we have fooled ourselves either into believing that there is no difference between happiness and joy or that maybe joy just simply isn't worth it. We have this distorted view of joy as a consolation prize. Church, joy is not a consolation prize. Aren't you thankful that Jesus doesn't believe in everybody getting a trophy? I'm just kidding. I I believe that. I don't know that Jesus has an opinion on it, but uh, anyway. God doesn't intend for joy to just be some sort of supplemental counter effect to the pain and the sacrifice of following his will. Joy is every bit part of the mission of God as is the objective. It's like we digest joy like some of us digest our coffee. We hate the taste of coffee, but if you put enough creamer in it, you know where I'm going with this, you can at least stomach it and still get the caffeine effect, right? No, maybe you just need to get a better taste in coffee. Or maybe you need to develop a taste for good coffee. Because I am telling you, I'm telling you that there is nothing better than a good cup of hot black coffee in the morning. Amen? Amen. Some of you agree with me. Maybe we've been spending all our time wrong. Maybe we've been spending too much time trying to rid our lives of all of the bitterness that comes with it. And we're missing out on the way that God is using that bitterness to change our taste buds. You see, when we see joy merely as, a, as the antidote, we deprive ourselves of its depths. There are always problems Hiccups, trials on the road in life. Whether we choose joy or not, that does not change that. It might very well change which ones we face, but we will face them at the part of life. So why are we so preoccupied with where we don't want God to take us that we cannot even see what God is doing for us? During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So Paul has this vision of a man across the sea in Europe who is imploring them, to come across the water and preach over here. I love the fact that the man in the vision is begging. He's begging them. We don't really have any reason to believe that that this uh, man in the vision is in fact God himself, but we have a lot of reason to believe that the vision came from uh, the Holy Spirit himself. And when I read that passage, I just got this fresh picture of a God who has a plan. A God who, who knows what's best for them, who's, who's forging a path before them. 
and who's overly excited to do everything in his power to communicate that plan to them, even to the point of begging them. I don't often have that picture of God in my mind. A God who is ecstatic to go to lengths to show us how he is creating a way for us. A God who wants nothing more than the best for us. A God who would do anything to get us to see that his plan for our lives is immensely better than anything we could ever dream up on our own. No, the, the picture I often have of God is one who is disappointed in me. A God who has lost hope that I will ever add up to what he hopes and expects. Often a God who cares more about what he's trying to accomplish than he ever cared about who I am. And if I had to guess, I don't think I'm alone on that. I'm convinced that this is the single greatest lie of the enemy, that if he can convince us that God cares more about some mission or plan for the world and what he's trying to accomplish than he cares about us as his children, then he will have won. But here's the kicker. That is God's plan. That is what he's trying to accomplish. His goal is to get us to see how much he loves us, his children. And yes, he wants to use you to communicate that to other people. But don't be fooled into believing that God has some ulterior, possibly religious motive for your life. He does not. When we face detours in life, it's not because God wants to mess with you. It's not because he doesn't care about the pain that it might cause you. It's because he created you in the womb, and he knows you better than you know yourself. Right. It's because he's for you. He's not against you. It's because he loves you more than you could ever know, and he cares way more about you than he does about any task he would ever have you perform. Sometimes I think what holds us back from listening to and following the Spirit is not trusting that God is for us. I don't know how many of you have seen any of this new TV series called The Chosen, um, but it's uh, sort of a, a series about the, uh, the life of Christ. I personally have not watched any of the episodes myself, but I was at a conference a few weeks ago, and they showed us a couple different clips. And I have to be honest... I was sort of taken back by the Jesus character in the show a little bit. Uh, not in a bad way, sort of in a, in a refreshing way. It gave me a picture of Jesus that I'd never had when reading the stories in Scripture. And I, I can't really point to anything in Scripture to say that this is, in fact, an accurate portrayal of Christ. But it sure felt good, and it sure felt right. And if you've seen any of the series, you'll know what I'm talking about when I say it. Every time Jesus would perform a miracle in the story... And a person or, or people benefiting from the miracle would get excited. Jesus' response was almost this childlike, giddy joy that was uncontainable. And I have to tell you, I've never had that picture of Jesus before. I've never had that picture of Jesus before. For me, Jesus has always been this sort of professional, in control Maybe, uh, maybe astute or, or clever, but never really all that emotional and certainly not uncontrollable emotion. 
But I have to tell you this morning, I think I am wrong. I think God's love for us is so much so that there are times when the satisfaction he gets from blessing us drives him to uncontrollable joy. And church, can I just tell you, we are made in the image of Christ. You too are made that way. You too are made to experience uncontrollable joy. And God wants you to experience that more than anything. He is absolutely for you and not against you. I think some of us just need to simply be reaffirmed this morning that God is, in fact, for us. I think we've gotten so caught up in the, in the crud of life. We've gotten so focused on what we don't want and the things in life that don't feel so great. And I think we've lost sight of what God has been doing for us. We might even feel alone in that. Can I just tell you this morning, you are not alone. There is a God right now who is begging you, begging you to believe that he is there for you, that he is on the other side of the water calling you over, reassuring you that he is still in control. Some of us are intentionally avoiding the detours that the Holy Spirit is placing on, in our, our lives. We're trudging down the wrong road, and we know it. We fear what following the detour means. We're afraid that we'll no longer have that certain level of comfort that we are used to, and ultimately, we don't trust that God will take care of us. And finally, I think that some of us can't even fathom what a detour looks like because we're not even on the road. We spend our lives searching for truth and purpose in the wilderness. And we haven't found it. You need to be on the road. There's a reason why it's there. Maybe this morning is a good time for you to just simply say, my way doesn't work. It doesn't lead me anywhere significant. Maybe it's time to trust the path that Jesus has carved out for you. So I have a really simple question for all of us this morning. Wherever you find yourself, do you believe that God is for you? Do you believe this this morning? Do you believe that he has your best interest at heart? When trials come, when life gets hard, when a wrench gets thrown into your plans, when you are faced with a detour in life, in that moment, what do you believe about God's intentions for your life? Because that will determine whether or not you experience the full breadth and the full depth of the joy that God has for you. I'm going to pray for us. And the band is going to come up at each campus. And here's what I'd love for us to do. The next few weeks, we're going to dive into some different uh, detours that we face in life. But I'm not even asking you to discern that this morning. I'm not even asking you to discern that. I'm asking you to think about whether or not you fit into one of these three, ca three categories. You need reassurance of God's presence and his love for you. You need to know that you are on the wrong path or you need to know that you aren't on the path at all. 
If you fit one of those categories, here's what I'm asking. When we sing this song, I just simply want you to stand as a way of saying, I am here, I am ready to listen, I am ready to hear from the Spirit as we jump into the rest of this series in the next few weeks. Amen?
you haven't received your communion cups, there are some more right outside the doors. Feel free to grab those right now. We practice what we call open communion here at uh, All Source, which means you don't have to be a, a member. You don't have to have uh, any sort of attendance record. You, you just, we just simply want this moment to be significant for you in your walk with Jesus. And if you could say that, we would love for you to join us this morning. On the night Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and after he had given thanks, he broke it and he offered it to his disciples, saying, this is my body broken for you. Take and eat and each time you do, do so and remember to me. Let's take together this morning. Likewise, Jesus took the cup that too he offered to his disciples saying this is my blood the blood of the new covenant poured out for the sins of the world take and drink each time you do do so and remember to me let's take together this one thanks be to god here where we're going to hopefully hear from the Spirit. I will admit I'm fearful. 
I'm a little bit fearful, but I'm also excited to hear uh, where, where the Spirit is going to take us. And I just want to invite you, each of you, to come back next week as we continue this series. I really, truly do believe that God is going to do something. He's going to do something this summer. And we want to be here for it. You don't want to miss it. I do want to say, if, if this morning you made a first-time commitment to God, I, I just, I don't want to miss this. We want you to communicate that to us. And the reason is because we just simply want to encourage you. And there are multiple ways you can do that. You can do that in person. You can come talk to me or one of the other pastors in person. Uh, you, you can fill out an online connection card. Uh, you can just shoot us an email. We just want to know so we can encourage you. So if that is you this morning, please, uh, please, please, please let us know. And one last thing I will tell you, I did forget to pray for you a minute ago, uh, but I will give you a blessing as you go. So if you would hold out your hands and receive the blessing this morning. May the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ continually fill you with his peace and with his presence. May he grant you the wisdom and the confidence to faithfully live out his word this week. And may he go with you every step of the way. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.